0: Dear Katrina, it's Daddy from Hong Kong. I hope you're doing well in California and enjoying the bright sunshine there. These days, Hong Kong is having its share of the sun as well as with intermittent thunderstorms and indeed, a very, very hot summer. It's been a while since you moved to California. I'm sure you're settling in well having gone from one multicultural society to another. As for me, The summer looks busy and productive. Two weeks ago, on the 8th of July, the EOC embarked on a three-month-long public consultation on the discrimination law review. What is that, you may ask? Well, let me explain, as this groundbreaking exercise will affect equal opportunities for our future generations. Over the past 18 years or so, the Hong Kong government has put in place four ordinances to protect people from discrimination and unequal treatment namely the sex discrimination ordinance the disability discrimination ordinance the family status discrimination ordinance and the race discrimination ordinance they along with the basic law and various international treaties keep hong kong ahead of the curve in the region in terms of discrimination protection however much has changed indeed The desire and expectations for equality among community members have become higher as awareness and knowledge grow. In particular, many young people like yourself are passionate about social justice and equal opportunities. And yet, the EOC operational experience has demonstrated that there are gaps and limitations in the existing ordinances. We believe it's time to review the anti-discrimination ordinances in Hong Kong. This is not only because the EOC has the statutory duty to do so, but there is also a need to ensure that our laws are in line with the city's international human rights obligations as well as the community's changing needs and demand. Our aim is therefore to modernise and harmonise the existing legislation and make it even more effective. Over the past year, we have studied different aspects of the legislation drawing references from other common law jurisdictions and come up with a host of ideas on possible law reforms. One major question we put forward is whether the four anti-discrimination ordinances should be combined into a single one, as in the UK and the States of Australia. We think that consolidating the separate pieces of legislation into one single ordinance would significantly simplify the legislation minimise repetitions and make it much easier for everybody to apply. Not surprisingly, the media and the public focus so far has been on the inclusion of nationality, citizenship, residency or related status in the protected characteristics under the legislation and its implications on the entitlement of new arrivals to public welfare and services and on the freedom of speech. The EOC has put forward this idea in view of the social and demographic changes of Hong Kong in the past two decades, notably the increase in the number of emigrants and visitors from the mainland China and the simmering tensions and, at times, confrontation between them and Hong Kong residents. We believe the introduction of clear legislative provisions could help curb the unacceptable prejudices and vilifications against new arrivals to our city, and reduce the conflicts that erode so much of our society's cohesion. Another headline grapper of the review is the extension of protection from marital status discrimination to cover persons in de facto relationships, whether heterosexual or homosexual. What prompted the EOC to come up with this idea is that in recent years, many couples, especially among younger people, choose not to marry for a variety of reasons. Instead, they are committed to long-term, cohabitating relationships akin to marriage. In other jurisdictions, including the UK and Australia, these couples can enjoy express protection from discrimination. We would like to know if similar arrangements should be adopted in Hong Kong, and if yes, whether de facto relationships should include both heterosexual and same-sex relationships. Unfortunately, many have misconstrued our proposal as a move to legalize same sex marriage, when in fact this issue is strictly outside the scope of the review and the existing anti discrimination ordinances. There are a couple of points worth noting in considering this idea. At present, the marriage ordinance only confers legal status on heterosexual marriage, also, legal protection is already extended to same-sex cohabitants under the Domestic Violence Ordinance since 2010. So this idea is not really a paradigm shift change. Going back to the Discrimination Law Review, this public consultation is a crucial opportunity for us to hear the views of the community on the wide spectrum of issues relating to the current laws, such as whether protection from sexual harassment should be extended to employees working in common workplace but for different employers, and whether there should be express provision on discrimination against breastfeeding women. The EOC is especially keen to know the views of whether there should be protection from racial discrimination in the exercise of government powers and functions. Unlike the existing Sex Discrimination Ordinance and the Disability Discrimination Ordinance, which bind the government, There is no such provision in the Race Discrimination Ordinance. Such exemption has been criticized by legislators, human rights advocates, and the UN Committee on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. The EOC has proposed to extend the Race Discrimination Ordinance to all government functions and powers. This, in essence, would place a duty on all government departments and public bodies not to discriminate on racial grounds, in the activities including stop and search and arrest by the police, detention by the Correctional Services Department, licensing, as well as the formulation of government policies, such as on education. Such requirement, other than removing the inconsistencies between the anti-discrimination ordinances, would serve to address the institutionalized discrimination faced by different ethnic groups and ensure Hong Kong is on par with international practice. There are also other ideas to address systemic discrimination, such as imposing a duty or requirement to make reasonable accommodation for persons with disabilities, and placing a duty on public authorities to promote equality in their functions. In spite of the efforts by the government and various sectors, people with disabilities continue to face significant barriers in employment in assessing services and facilities. To remove these barriers that remain firmly entrenched in our society, we see that a greater commitment and stronger protection are needed, besides providing redress to individual discrimination complaints. As I stressed openly, we welcome wider public discussion on the matters as a way to advance understanding on equality in our community and reinforce equal opportunity values in our collective consciousness. It will not be an easy task, though. Some have in fact voiced that the highly controversial issues will further undermine social cohesion. Others have cast doubt on whether a consensus can be reached. Discrimination is often related to misconception and lack of sensitivity. I believe that through open discussion and debate, we can generate greater awareness and understanding as our society progresses and Hong Kong citizens become more civic-minded and ready to voice their concerns. While at times, the methods employed by some to ensure their voices are heard could be seen as radical, I think these are signs that people care a lot about Hong Kong's future. As long as we engage ourselves in open and constructive dialogue and respect each other's differences, I'm sure we can find common ground and societal consensus together we can chart the path to a truly inclusive society. Katrina, I hope to hear more about your life in California and your thoughts about the review. In the meantime, please take good care of yourself. With love, Daddy.